0: Let me throw some stuff out and um <coughs> uh, it, it, if you need to ask questions then then um, we'll we'll open it up a little bit. Um in other words if it's not completely clear that's fine. this retreat, when we're talking about emptiness, almost everything has to do with seeing how we construct, how the self is constructed, put it that way. It is a construct, a fabrication, in the Buddhist words. And, and, Seeing that that is the, the, the reality of the self, it's a fabrication, but a little bit more than that, understanding, understanding how we fabricate, or how it is fabricated, put it that way, how the self is fabricated, seeing that it is, and understanding how, and thirdly, learning how not to, or how to, how to fabricate it less. How to construct it less. when Catherine was talking last night, um, what was an example she used? I um, can't remember now. Um,
1: Her writing on the. When she was here, she used the starboard.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Let, let's come back to that um, so w- one, one of the first things is that I want to start to see um, when I'm suffering when they're suffering um, I'm building I'm oh, I keep saying I let's put it in the passive when they're suffering there is the constructing of self and actually if I really look, I cannot suffer without constructing a self. I cannot suffer without constructing a self. That suffering is supported by 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 the building of a self. So, one of the first things, just following on from Catherine's talk last night, is, is I want to start noticing that going on. Noticing this building going on. doesn't necessarily mean catching it and stopping it. So I might notice it, uh, actually, I might notice it ten years after it happened. <laughs> Been through all that one. Constructed this whole thing. Gone off and married who knows who. <laughs> and then it's, oh, I'm <laughs> Um And one looks back and says, like, gosh, that was really a construction.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but sometimes you notice this, of course, with an argument with someone. Or, or or, you get into tears with, with, with someone or, or with yourself about something. A little time goes by and you think, wow, what was all that about? I really kind of, it just doesn't even seem real after the fact. Did, did you ever have this, this sense of, something was constructed there. The self was certainly constructed, but so was an issue. And on this retreat we're primarily talking about the self-construction, this emptiness of the personal self rather than the phenomena. We'll get into that as much as we need to, but that's not the primary focus of this retreat. So first thing is I want to start looking in that way, knowing that this is going on, and looking out for constructions. And I might catch it, as I said, after the fact, five seconds later, five years later. I might catch it during, and I might nip it in the bud. Okay, But it's it's that I'm building. Um. Now, sometimes we're, let's say on retreat, we're moving about house, and and you, you know you're in the middle of a construction. So, something has gotten, and got you, and, and the self is uh, solid, and, and I've become this person or that person, or whatever it is. Um, so, how then to let it die? This construction uh, rises up and then how to let it die, how to um, stop the building process. Um, There's many aspects to that but one is it probably rests on some kind of view um, and and we're feeding a certain view or views which feed the construction process. so silly example I thought of in, in an interview today with with someone. Um I'm walking around the house or walking outside and I see a certain plant, um I don't know, uh a geranium or whatever, and the way I can look at it and maybe um they've trimmed it in a certain you know is that the word? when uh, you cut back the leaves trim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prune, thank you, yes, prune. They've pruned it in a certain way, and I have a bit of gardening in my history, and that is not the way to prune geraniums. <laughs>
1: <coughs>
0: this starts to really upset me. This is This is not, this is, they really are not in the know here. Uh, the silence exacerbates it, because I, I can't say anything to anyone, it. it's coming out of my ears. Uh... I know, I am born as the professor of gardening, or or whatever, in relationship to this poor geranium, (laughs) but also in relationship to the construct of Gaia House, etc., so it, it, the, the, the issue and the, the self, as geranium expert or gardening expert, get built together. And, and that gets, in this case, quite a puffed up, mm-hmm. self-righteous, angry self, etc. And then maybe I, I totally get wrapped up and I'm f- stamping around the garden, fuming about the geraniums, uh, etc. Maybe I'm going to write a letter to, uh, hopefully not to the resident teacher, but to, some- <laughs> 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 to someone else, <laughs> <laughs> Um Uh, And no, maybe I won't just write a letter. I'll write, uh, they can actually read my book. I'll send them a copy of my book. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole thing gets built up. So to recognize that, what does it feel like? What's the experience of the self getting constructed? Uh, How do I know know when the self is constructed? And then how can I, I I, I see it how can I let this process die or just stop building it so much? And as I said in it one, one of those ways is stop feeding the views that are supporting that so in this case it's like you have to prune geraniums this way that's a certain view there's a certain view. there's actually lots of views supporting that but one of them is that this is the way to prune ger- and it's wrong to to do it otherwise um, so sometimes identifying the views and just realizing they're just views that's just a view and maybe I can um, uh, have a bit of space around that so to the degree that i'm I'm attached to this view. I'm going to be pumping up the whole construction process, right? So that, that's one possibility. Another possibility is, or another necessity, I would say, is a simplification of the attention. What happens when Mr. Geranium Expert has has uh, got constructed is everything gets really complicated with theories of, um, you know, horticulture and, and this and that and, and the whole thing and one's relationship with God and all that stuff. And um, the attention is spinning at quite a complex level in terms of quite a complex story of, you know, what one needs to say and do and how I am in my history with, with the university studying, you know, gardening and all this. um, In that moment, there's there's actually, uh, going to the body, there's actually quite a lot of agitation there, contraction, heat, etc., in the body. So rather than keep the attention spinning at the complex level, at the level of complexity, find something really simple to put the attention on, and the body is usually very simple. So right there, in the middle of that heat and complexity... At the bottom of it so to speak is something simple which is a, a feeling of contraction or heat in the body or something like that and what if I just find that it let all that complexity bubble away and I just zero in so to speak on on the on the um simple thing and I just stay with that simple thing now that's simplific and allowing it to be unpleasant that simplification of the attention simplifies the whole construct. Do you understand? Because part of what's building it is me, me spinning the mind at the at the complex level. Do you, does it, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's not feeding the view. Uh, there's simplification of attention, and a little bit related to that, third possibility is spaciousness and allowing of the sensations of contraction so if i let's say i've got all this reactivity going on about the gardening or whatever come into the body and there's this contraction there and the heat and the unpleasantness of that if i then start reacting to the unpleasantness in the body i'm only fueling the whole construction more should i say that again or does that make sense um, I go into the body, I find this contraction and this heat there. If I'm not careful, the, the knee-jerk reaction to that difficulty in the body will be to be aversive to it and contract around the contraction, etc. And that, that is part of what's what's um, building the whole construction. So if I'm going to simplify the attention and go right in there, I need to rest with the attention on that physical simplicity but in a way of allowing just allow it to be unpleasant in this moment and allow it to be unpleasant give it space give it space and and allowing it generally too the, the factor of spaciousness is really important because um, what happens when we get really complex like this is the whole mind contracts and there's very little space in the mind, we're full of theories of gardening and letters that we're going to write and all this stuff and the the whole sense of self there's very little space Um, with a lot of spaciousness um, it's like things can just it's like when there isn't space we're putting the whole thing under a pressure cooker you know and that pressure cooker is heating up more and building it more more space, it's like just allow it to bubble and and it begins to calm down can I ask a
1: question okay and that process happens and then the, there's the sensation in the body and there's the aversion. To, there's an the aversion here and there and then mm. there's the aversion. That aversion is a thought, isn't
0: it? No, not only. That, that's what. That's, Very good, yeah.
1: That's where I get stuck because okay. is it a thought or is it yeah. like... It feels like the aversion is part of the sensation yeah. Yeah. and Yeah. It's like trying
0: to... Yeah, very good. We're going to get more into that, Jane, as the retreat goes on, because it's quite subtle what you're pointing to. Um, In other words, well, we will revisit this next week, but how do I know when I'm aversive to something, and what, what form is the aversion taking? It's taking the form of thought. It's also taking the form of energetic reaction to something. There's just a contraction in relationship to something. So here's, let's say, a pain in my knee... And then I notice my shoulders are like this. That's telling me there's aversion. There may not even be any thought there. Maybe the thought, I've quietened that. But the rest of the body is tensing. And that's telling me that there's an energetic pushing away going on. Now the last thing he said is actually actually very profound because it's... We'll get... Well, we may or may not get more into this. At first it seems like there's the thing and the aversion is separate to it. But... When you really look deeply, actually, the aversion is not separate, it's part of the thing itself. Mm -hmm. If we can park that for now and revisit it later, Mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, I think, for now, let's say, uh, actually, I'll I'll say this more next week, it's getting getting familiar with what aversion feels like, understanding what it's made up of, and that, that can allow us to begin kind of taking it apart. Um sometimes when there's a version it just feels like a you know just a, 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 a watch of a version and ac- actually there's there's more things going on there that we can take apart a little bit um so let's just fill it out a little bit so um The body tension... Uh, I've said this, I'm just saying it again. The body tension that I feel as part of that construction, I react to that. It's unpleasant. There's, there's contraction as part of my construction of the self, and I react to that painfulness of the construction. And my reaction... Sorry, I, re- I react to the painfulness of the contraction in the body. This, my, my chest goes tight. I don't like it going tight. I'm aversive to it going tight, my belly gets tight, I push that away. That pushing away is part of the whole construction process of the whole self thing. Do do you understand? So what that means is that one way of of kind of not building so much, letting it die, is to to go, I've already said this, to go to the level of the body and actually um, see if I can be there without so much reactivity to the bodily level because that bodily level is feeding into the whole construction. It's part of the whole construction. Another, another, um, another obviously, component of the construction, if we use that language, is, is the mental beliefs. Like I said, what's the view? What am I believing here? What am I believing here? Um, so, and this has come up several times in the question and answers, in the, in the um, one-to-ones as well, um someone may ask a question in in the Q&A and then there's a response to that we start um m- measuring oh i'm i'm more further advanced than this person or i'm nowhere near this person and very easily the self gets constructed in a kind of comparison like that mm-hmm. um And it's either the inflated self of I'm better than or I'm less than. Um, And we probably have a habit, one way or another, of constructing one kind of self or another, or both. It just yo-yos back and forth. That's very common as well. Um, But that too will rest on a belief. What's the belief? What's the belief there? Someone opens their mouth for one minute and says something... And very quickly belief comes in. It means that they're a Buddha and just about enlightened and they're only hanging out. Everyone's actually just graciously hanging out for me (laughs) without telling me that that's what they're doing. They they could easily go home now. (laughs) What am I believing based on one minute of what comes out of a person's mouth? So there's this mental component of, of um, stopping the building, actually questioning the belief. And very often we have a habit of believing certain things. So in, in, my, in my karma is, is the habit to believe this or that. Um, now, actually that's an interesting one with the comparing comparing mind, because one of the functions of metta, too, is it is it softens the comparing mind, it evens it out. It just naturally starts to equalize between self and other. And sometimes if you feel in that situation, in here or in life, um, metta uh, starts equaling, equalizing out the comparing mind. I just thought of this, I'll throw it out now anyway. Um, it's, it's a tiny little thing, because someone asked the other day what to do about conceit. So, um, the judging mind, I am better than, or or I am worse than. Let's say someone says something, or, or you just look at the way someone's sitting, and you think, I am better than, or I am worse than. Um, what about, okay, so here here's the self, building itself as better than this other self. What about imagining a third self that's better than you are at this thing? You know. So say you're a better... You can sit still longer or something. And, and you look at this person, they're fidgeting, fidgeting, and you can... S- <sighs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, self... Is, is one up on this one. <clears throat> well, let's say some guy just wandered into this retreat and he's been uh, living for the last forty years in a cave in the Himalayas and, <laughs> and they wander and they look at you and they're like... <laughs> 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 it's an interesting game to play. Uh, you actually work with your imagination with a third person who's judging you in a similar way that you're judging another one and it actually just makes it all seem quite ridiculous quite ridiculous. Mm. You actually have to do it to get the feeling of the futility of the judgment. But similarly, negati- negatively, if, you, if you're if you the less than, you're a less than, you see this other person is sitting relatively still and you feel like you can't sit still for ten minutes or whatever. Um, and imagine someone else here who who can't even sit still as long as you can sit still. And then what happens? Same Same thing. <clears throat> okay so there's this possibility of kind of recognizing that one is in in constructing and letting it die or stopping to feed that building process a second possibility that uh, Catherine was alluding to is um the practice so if we backtrack really good thing to just, uh, if you want, investigate some of this construction. So that's, you're just open to investigate it in the ways that I'm talking about. Second possibility for practice now is actually the practice of staying at contact, or trying to stay at contact and see what that does. So what does that mean? Um, Catherine was talking about last night, but um, we're aiming in this respect for something that we might call bare attention. Some of you might have heard this phrase before. So it's like, if I ring the bell in a second, you can ring the bell and the mind very quickly goes bell. Or you hear an aeroplane, it goes aeroplane. You hear a car and it's car or whatever. And if the mind gets too involved, it might go like, oh, that's a 1973 Ford MG or whatever, you know, and it's probably got this kind of, if you know about that kind of stuff. Um, or the plane goes overhead and it's like, gosh, what about global warming or whatever? all of which, you know, well, certainly global warming, that's that's a really important piece, I, I feel. Um, but, but that's slightly different than the kind of attention we're going for in terms of bare attention. Now, the mind sometimes just labels, you can't do anything, but then it's like, can I come back to the bareness of the sensation underneath the label and kind of chopping off the story that goes with something? So if I ring the bell... And it's like, it takes a little bit of effort, almost keeping the mind right at the rawness, the nakedness of the sensation, if you just listen. Now if you notice, just like paying attention to the breath, the mind stays there and it goes off, or it starts interpreting, I like it, I don't like it, they could get a deeper bell or, or whatever, um, reacting to it, and, and one can just bring the mind back to the rawness of, of the sound itself, does, does it make sense? Yeah. Um, and the kind of bare attention, beneath, beneath the words, beneath the labels, beneath the reactive, just as much as possible, so it's a practice, like, like it's just a practice to stay at contact, now,
1: there's still a cognizing of it. Though.
0: there's absolutely still a cognizing yeah, and there could well be a verbal labeling as well, but one's mm. not getting too caught up in that so it's just that's just what happens and come back to the the directness of the contact of the, of the of the bareness of it um now that could be so right now maybe there's some situa- some sensation in your body that's prominent so if I look in my body well there's a slight tension in this hip uh, there's actually you know some history of um Little injuries there, so, but I could just focus on that sensation and just be with the rawness, the nakedness of the sensations there, and just kind of keep chopping off, keep kind of letting go of any storyline that comes in, or reactivity, or interpretation, etc. You just keep coming back to the, the simple, the simple, 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 bare attention of it. That makes sense, too. Yeah, good. Um, so one can do this, as Catherine was saying, in in each of the six sense doors. Um, and you could, I mean, depending on your personality, you could be very systematic and kind of say, right, this sitting, I'm just going to do the body, and get, really get into the body. Or this sitting, I'm just going to do sound, or whatever. Um, or go to the lunch. This lunch, is taste. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so you could you could break it up like that, or you could just be more freely moving, but clear what what you're doing. Uh, so this bare attention—it's um, B B A R E, not B E A R. Two possibilities there. If we if we get a little bit more subtle, the attention—amazing thing about human attention, actually maybe animals too, but um amazing thing is we can direct it or have it be more open, so like right now, with the bell, that's one sound that you're deciding to pay attention to and zoom in on the the zoom lens is focusing on that one thing or like this one sensation in in the hip. I can zoom into that or this one uh taste in the mouth i can I can zoom into that uh. Or, so that's that's a real possibility, is you direct the attention to one uh, phenomenon of experience and you just try and stay there really at, at the contact, as bare as possible. Or sometimes, especially if you feel a little more settled in the meditation, it's quietening, maybe the metta's going well, you can kind of let the whole thing open out, so to speak. Now, I could stay still within one sense door and do that. So I could, for instance, right now, you just go to listening... But it's not this sound, and then that sound, and then that sound, and then another sound. In other words, it's not an, so much attention getting pulled into one thing and then pulled into another thing, or deciding to go into one thing and then deciding to go into another. It's more of a global totality of listening. Does that make sense? If mm-hmm. I say that, mm-hmm. Ruth. Does it? Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Um, so one's listening to the to the totality at once. Uh, it's it's everything together rather than the attention narrowing down and picking one thing out
1: um, you are
0: saying with the con- practicing the contact yeah. that's alone that's not within the matter yeah very good thank you uh, so at this at this juncture actually I'd probably say on this retreat we're separating out these two practices so there will be times when you're practicing what we're talking about now staying at contact and times when you're practicing the metta, and for now, for this retreat, keep them separate. Separate. Um, there is a way of mixing them, which is actually very, very powerful. But I would rather not um, overload you uh, with 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 too much for this retreat. Um, so, with w- they're separate. If I get if I get caught up with
1: the you know, the, like the sensation that's distressing. Yeah and I tend to just slip
0: back into the meta just to kind of stabilize myself. Good. Very good. Yeah. Back. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's fine. I think so. You can. Very good. Thank you. So you could you could do a whole sitting. You could actually do a whole day in, in one practice or another practice, you know, or anything. The important thing is to be conscious which practice you're in at the moment. So you could also split a sitting in two. You could do more, more what you're saying, which is you're trundling on in one practice and then you just veer off consciously into the other approach maybe even just for a few moments even but you know what you're doing you've switched gears there and then you move back or you stay there or whatever so it's it's separating being being sure what you're doing when you're doing for now
1: um that's what i was doing i was doing the contact and whenever i got distracted i went into the meta
0: for a few seconds and then i went back okay good so that's that's Totally viable. Um, it's also possible that it's just the case that that feels more settling to you because we've had more time with that. There's also a way, like like if I ring the bell again, and as I said, if you so this bell, you know, rings for quite a while. If we really try and everyone try and just be right at the contact with it, you will see your mind slips off it, goes back, slips off it many times in in one bell ring. It's happening quite fast. So you can kind of with with this practice of bare attention, there's still something to bring the mind back to, and and you bring it back to quite barely, um, and eventually that gets just as strong as going back to metta in terms of stabilising the mind when it's distracted. Yeah. Does that? Do I need to ring it a bell the, again to illustrate that, or yeah. <laughs> you just like this? That, so. <laughs> That's just so you want me to shut up?
1: <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Naturally, or, you know, the, n- normally, the, the mind will slip off. Even even many times during that, if you're watching carefully, it goes many, many times on and off. No big deal. As long as that object is there, it remains an object that one can return to and kind of um, pay attention to. Uh, that's an option. Um, okay, so... One might move in, in that in that mode of of bare attention, staying at contact, and then one might feel uh, it's pretty boring. You know, there's, not, there's just all this bareness. Uh, that might be a response. Um, but I think Catherine said this last. She did say it last night. It's like there also might be. You might. The more you hang out there, the more it might get revealed. This sense of beauty um, in in the very nakedness of things. A kind of sense of um, Brightness, because one is one is right there with things. There's there's a brightness in the very attentiveness, in the, in the sort of, um, uh, it's almost like things have a kind of brightness of their own. Does that make sense? There's a, there's a radiant quality to things. So at first one might think, well, it's boring. There's, as Catherine says, nothing in it for me. But as one as one stays there and abides there a little bit, it actually begins to allow a, a kind of luminosity in, into the experience.
1: So what if you do get quite strong emotions because of what you described, you know, when you look at the flowers, so when you notice yeah. freshness, and mm-hmm. um, you still come back to the bare attention, is that, should we try to let go of these emotions and try to... <coughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. In... Oh yeah, that's a good question, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hmm. There's there's always options, Sophie. There's always options. So, if if I'm looking at a flower and I notice uh, some emotions come up, the the question is first of all, are these helpful or not helpful? Now, if the emotions are coming up, were the geranium professor emotions and all this stewing about that, that's that's not that helpful. Okay, and I, I say this is a construction that's not helpful. <laughs> And one can, as I was talking about before, find ways of l- letting that go. Maybe staying more at the c- just the flower, con- just it's just what the, it's just this visual sense of the geraniums right now, whatever. Um, one could also, as I say, go to the bare contact of the contraction there of the of the feeling of the emotion, like I was saying before. If it's a beautiful emotion that's opening up, then then it gets a little. Um, You have an option of, yeah, letting that go and just staying at the bare attention of the flower and just just noticing that this stuff is going on around the side and just letting that go and staying more with the bare attention. Or going to the bare attention of how the beautiful emotion feels in the body. Yeah? Mm. Or, if you want, um, because I'm a sucker for this kind of thing, you shift right out of the gear of bare attention. You just enjoy the beauty of the
2: (laughs) (laughs) And one opens
0: oneself to that because uh, that's important, yeah so you've got you've got these gears, you know and it's good as as we deepen in meditation, it's like I want to explore all of those, like what I was saying this morning it's like, do I always tend to do one thing, and if I do it's like well can i can I um explore a bit more what i don't tend to do you know i don't tend to let myself enjoy it, or I never let myself tend to enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a sense of fi- filling out the practice and
1: um. Sometimes with bare attention practice um, I feel very constricted like oh. almost trapped by it and my instinct is to broaden mm-hmm. it, to spaciousness mm-hmm. but sometimes that can be you know, there's quite a tension there, almost then a bit of an aversion mm-hmm. to coming back
0: Yeah um, mm. what, what do you think you feel trapped by?
1: Mm. It's a bit, maybe a bit like I've never been caught in a searchlight. Yeah. Somehow, like it's, I'm looking at something and I can't take my eyes off it, or it's quite painful. Like this. Mm. I suppose, maybe some kind of there might be feeling of effort. Not that I've decided to put effort in, but somehow there's a yeah something yeah rigid about it. Yeah,
0: very good. Again a bit like your question the other day about the craving that could come in. It's like it might be to explore that a little bit more. And the last thing you said could be very significant in that oftentimes when we pay attention to one thing, it starts to feel contracted because effort comes in in an unskillful way. Mm -hmm. Um, How many people have told me that trying to pay attention to the breath, as is usual on a retreat, Mm -hmm. is actually they end up just tying themselves in knots because it's one object and we try to pay attention very easily. You can see if I'm paying attention to one object, it's like holding, it's like the mind actually literally needs to to clamp around it. Mm -hmm. And in that it can just get overdone, especially if I say it's good to do this. And then again, we're constructing a self around measuring how well I do that because this is the important thing now. We're all paying attention to this thing the whole retreat is about paying attention to
1: this.
0: (laughs) How silly. And yet by the end of it, we'd be measuring ourselves, dependent on how, (laughs) you know. So it's just dependent on what we're doing, and the self gets constructed Mm -hmm. through measurement in relation to something that we've decided is important, as I threw out the question a little while ago. Mm -hmm. What have I made to matter? Mm -hmm. So there's there's a process of... There's two things going there. One is just an imbalance in the effort Mm -hmm. when we attend to something. That's Mm -hmm. quite subtle, and you might um, want to like, just play with noticing that coming, kind of relax around. Mm-hmm. So it's like receiving mm-hmm. the object, so receiving the sight, or receiving the breath, or res- rather than zooming into it, mm-hmm. both. And then a- an added level is this, okay, now is there some self coming in here? Which wasn't, I didn't hear it in your question, but I'm just kind of extrapolating a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oftentimes the self, when the self has something to do, mm-hmm. it's given something to do, then oftentimes it starts measuring itself in terms of how well it thinks it's doing that thing. Do do you understand? Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, what happens is that becomes so painful that we then throw out all notion of doing because I can't go near doing. People often say to me, it's quite a big thing in practice, this idea of doing versus non-doing. And oftentimes it's not that it's coming from necessarily a very wise place, it's just that doing has got so much of a self-construction that goes with it, and so one just avoids it. And I might be missing all this insight and beauty that goes with doing, just because it's become so painful because I attach the self to it. Mm. Does this make sense? Uh, And I'm just missing that whole half of practice. There's so much beauty and so much unfolding that can go in there. But, um, anyway, explore a little bit more. So it could be boring. It could be that one begins to sense this radiancy of things in there. Or another thing that one can begin to to pay attention to is the sense that one might not even pick up at first of freedom, of a little bit more spaciousness when I'm not constructing the self because I'm staying more at contact. may not even notice it. We're so used to constructing the self. Even in dreams, we're constructing a kind of self most of the time, most of the time. Um, Walk, walk, walk along, move in the day, sit in meditation, constructing this self, constructing that self. A bit more, a bit less—it's coming, and going. We're so used to that that just to to dwell at contact, it's like is saying, "I'm not going to construct it so much." It might feel boring at first, but actually, that boredom itself might begin to oh, there's some space in here. There's some <sighs> relief of of not constructing. Do you, do you understand? Mm-hmm. There's some freedom in it. It's,
1: it's there. like giving up an addiction. Isn't yes. It?
0: Yes. Yes, and it's an acquired yeah, very good, it's an acquired taste as well. We're addicted to constructing, we're addicted to constructing the self, either good selves, bad selves, or both, and giving it up. And sometimes, said so in one talk, we can be addicted to constructing a painful self and a villainous self. And it's like, what is it to actually gradually, you know, uh, learn to let go of that, to some degree, and actually realize, <laughs> so it's important to realize, this is why I'm mentioning this, it's important to realize actually that feels better. So the first thing, might like, go, this is boring, there's nothing in it for me, there's no drama. When I don't construct something, I'm not constructing a drama. You know, here's this thing, and it means this, and it's p- painful, and it's my journey, and it's always been like this, and I'm going to do it, and I'm heroic, and I'm, I'm a failure, and it's all a big drama, painful as it is. Um, and when I let go of that, I'm I'm letting go of the drama a little bit of constructing. And there's actually at first it's going to seem boring, maybe, or maybe not. But with a little bit of just hanging out there, you start to feel, oh, this is uh cooling. It's it's spacious. It's freeing. It's, it has a has a, a a free, spacious quality to it. I, I, I'm just. Do you think that you know that.
1: Uh, that kind of addictive quality of building the self is because on some level we think we're going to get the thing which we really want, which is happiness from doing that which somehow, I I don't know it must on some level be connected to a deeper Mm -hmm. sense of our being
0: What's connected to the deeper sense of being?
1: Well, I, I don't know, I guess it's an inquiry but that sense of addictiveness yeah. towards building yourself yeah. and not wanting to sort of give it up yes. is because it's like in any addiction we think we're going to get yeah. Yeah. something from, yeah. from it yeah. but it's empty and mm-hmm. we still keep doing it even though we don't mm-hmm. get the thing
0: yeah yeah. there's a lot of truth in that, absolutely um, and it's and it's also many levels. So this, this, um, It's also true that what the Buddha calls this word that I threw up at some point, avidya. It means um, fundamental delusion. Um, so we're deluded in a number of ways before one is completely awakened. We're deluded about where happiness comes from, as, as you're saying. We, we, we're confused about where happiness comes from. We go chasing it in all the wrong places. Um, and one of the ways we chase it is in trying to pump up this sense of self. And, and that doesn't work. It doesn't lead to happiness. But there's another level of avidya, which is more just, we, we believe that the self is something real. We haven't yet seen that it's a construction. So it's, it's kind of, uh, there's different levels in terms of where, where, the, where the delusion, where the addiction is coming from. You know, some is just believing that the self is real so therefore I do what it seems like would be good for the self or feed the self yeah? Could I ask a question? Please do
2: um, When you go to the body sensation and it feels like something whatever and you get a sense of it's unpleasant or pleasant or neutral do you get um, a sense of that as a an additional sensation to the original sensation? Or is it a quality that you um, have sort of tacked onto?
0: The pleasantness, unpleasantness, neutrality of it. What's your sense of that?
2: Um, that it's possible to feel both. To so see it, it both there's ways. There's a sort of a the, the sensation, and then there's an unpleasant sensation sort of mm. mixed in there. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um <clears throat> you you can see it both ways. That's just interesting to note, you can see it both ways. Um let probably what's more important or what is important at some point is to realise I cannot have a sensation without a Vedana. Mm. Um, every sensation, part of that sensation is some kind of Vedana tone to it. Um, it goes with it it can i cannot it's impossible to have a sensation without avadana avadana uh, did catherine t- uh maybe not let's go into it now vedana is this Pali word it means uh, it's spelled v e d a n a and it means uh sensation or it means this feeling tone uh, we're going to go into it again later in the retreat actually in much more detail um it means the sense, the quality of the texture of any experience. Um, so whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or just kind of in between. So um, if I had a blackboard here and long nails and I... Mm-hmm. Uh, for most people that would be the the, the, uh, the vedana of that sound, of that sensation would be unpleasant. You, you understand? Um, a songbird sings and for most people there's... there's there, but but we're g- actually going to go into it much more. Um, I, th- I think for right now, Stu, probably what's um,
2: I the reason why? I yeah. Ask is why are you asking? Because, yeah. um, because if I sort of become aware of those two things and I dial more into the Veda, yeah, that seems to ease yeah things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the, can everyone hear that? Yeah. The the reason for that is probably because um when you're as you say dialing more into the Vedna tone, the unpleasantness or whatever, you're you're more more fully aware of that and reacting less to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're dialing more into when it feels like they're more separate, it's like there's some reactivity going on to the Vedna kind of at the side that you're not so much um, uh, monitoring or allowing to, to quieten. When you go directly to it, you're kind of quietening the reactivity mm-hmm. more, because you're yeah, right
2: there. Yeah, and, th- and then that can, s- can also sit there and it's just, it's unpleasant. Oh, it's passing away, it's pleasant. Oh, it's passing away, it's neutral. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's passing away, it's unpleasant. Yeah. Oh, it's passing yeah. away, it's neutral. Yeah,
0: very good. So we will get into that tomorrow already. the impermanence of things. We're going to start that, yeah, yeah. That's really uh, well. That's we can talk about it tomorrow. If that's yeah. that feels okay, yeah. Um, so could be boring. Could be the sense of beauty in it. As I say, a sense of lumino- the luminosity of things begins to reveal itself because I'm not layering all this other stuff on top of everything. It's like the, the the very nakedness itself begins to be the brightness of life begins to be revealed. Or I could start to notice that when I don't um, feed this addiction, when I don't uh, construct a self so much, that actually feels um, like a relief. It feels there's freedom and there's spaciousness in there. And actually to start noticing that, because it's something we might overlook. And that's also in, in the mix there. Okay, last piece. I was going to throw out just a little... Um, uh, little particular piece is um, in relation to the the mind door which is the as Catherine mentioned there are six sense doors in the Buddhist sort of system so you've got the um, sight sound smell taste touch right the five, five what you're used to and then the mind is the sixth one and um, so an image in the mind or a thought that goes through the mind These these are um, perceptions and sensations at the at the sixth sense door of the mind. Do you understand? You're aware of a thought. Um, is, is not awareness one of the
1: senses?
0: A- awareness is uh, not a sense, it's more um you can ha- with the where the Buddha would discuss, you can have there's six awarenesses, in there's awareness of sight, awareness of sound, awareness of... You can break it down that way. So awareness of the mind, awareness of the contents of the mind. So w- awareness is what's aware of um, something or other. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's something that I'm
1: always <laughs> Yeah, okay.
0: Um not about it for now. Okay, but bring it up again, because someone else asked similarly. Again, it's the sort of thing that I wasn't... Partic- in terms of the curriculum for this retreat, I wasn't going to get into it, but if it's coming up for you guys, ask, and I'm happy to go into that. It just won't be part of what I'm... But if it feels like it's alive and you want to ask again at some point. Yeah? Okay. Um, so... It's hard to have bare attention to a thought. Thoughts are so quick, so subtle and so slippery and seductive and and (laughs) 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 snake-like. So one of the things that can help a little bit is working. Remember I said there were two modes. You could be more directed or more open in the attention. One of the things that helps is allowing things to be more open. When you feel more settled, maybe the metta's going well, and you might want to switch gear and be more open to the totality. One thing in particular that can help is spending a little time in the openness of listening. And again, as I said, not this sound and then that sound and then another sound, but more like just seeing if you can kind of relax back into the totality of, of just hearing. It's like the, the, the awareness is just receiving, receiving. We maybe do guided meditation on this later at some point or something. Um, And just dwell with listening, and there's a kind of openness to the awareness. It's just sounds arising and passing, and there's that openness there.
1: Would the listening listening include listening
2: to any
0: thoughts? It will will start to get, at first, just make it actual um, aural listening. So at first you're just mostly interested in actual listening. You're still aware of the body, so you keep anchored in the body, as always. Always anchored in the body. And then you're opening up the space. And just, okay, the crows, another bird, this. And you're aware of the totality, someone shuffling, etc. And and what that does, because sounds come from different directions and distances, it st- I start to open to that, and it just starts to open up the whole space of... of of the of the consciousness a little bit just naturally just allowing the listening and the hearing yes it's very receptive mode allowing it's, it's like the opposite of this yeah um, as the space opens up and you hang out and it's just like sounds coming sounds going also just with the bare attention of sound um, i'll repeat this at another time but it, it's just a small step from me. At some point you'll start to realise that thoughts get included, as Jackie was saying. When it's actually noticed, oh, it's the same with thoughts. They're just like sounds. And there's this kind of bare attention to the arising of thought without getting sucked into it so much. Just like a sound. Bird chirps, pen scratching. It's just textures of sound in the space. A thought passing through. Um... And that, that tends to be much more helpful because there's not this hooking on to a thought. Usually what happens is a thought goes through the mind, we immediately hook on and, and we're dragged uh, who knows where by it, you know, very quickly. So with this spaciousness, um, it's almost like just witnessing a thought as a thought, it's just a thought, like the bell, it's just a sound, you know, the texture of it. The thought's much quicker, but one just gets a sense of a thought just as a thought, it's just a, an event there. The, the, the listening can can begin to help if you find just settling into that listening. I'll repeat this because it goes more with what we're where we're moving to later as well. Um, okay, that was what I wanted to communicate. Um, are there are there more questions or is that good or?
1: I'll clarify something
0: you hmm. said to Steve. You said that there's always a Vedna with any sense. Yeah. Is that even in, when you set their contact? Yes, yes, very good. So, um, yes, there is. Um, <coughs> any any experience, uh, in, in other words, any perception, any experience, any sensation has a Vedna tone with it. Um Staying at bare contact, as Stu was saying, it's like you can decide to pay attention more to the Vedana quality that's with something, or you can decide to be more, let's say, um, like I'm looking at this grid on this microphone, I could be really kind of focused on the experience, or I could start to notice more. I said so it was neutral at first, but actually, the more attention I give it, it starts to, funnily enough, become subtly pleasant. So I'm, tr- I'm tracking more the Vedana in my awareness, or I'm tracking more the sensation, but both are actually mixed together. You cannot you cannot separate them. What happens, it's like, so when would that, if we use this same staying at contact or bear attention, <coughs> if that starts to, uh, looking at the microphone, neutral, and I start to go, it's pretty boring, and then uh, I start drifting off or feeling like, I don't want to be bored, and then this whole thing comes or it starts to get pleasant or unpleasant I think that's not as nice as the micron used to have when I was uh, living in the States and it was real, you know da, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm off now and that's not a very good example but um, let's say let's say a pain in the knee you're sitting in meditation there's a pain in the knee or a pain in the hip or, or back or whatever that has that moment of contact has a Vedana with it it's unpleasant pain has to be unpleasant what happens, as Catherine was saying yesterday, out of the Vedana comes uh, craving and clinging. I want to get rid of this. Okay, um, That's normal when there's pain. It's normal. Um, we can get carried away with that in terms of a whole bunch of thinking comes in, a whole bunch of reactive. We start fuming with anger. We hate the retreat. We think we blame ourselves for having a painful body. Then we're, we've really built this. We've really constructed the self. So this idea of constructing the self um, it, there's a spectrum to it. I could be doing it really, really a lot, you know, gone completely bonkers with it. Or or a little bit less, or a little bit less, or a little bit less. If, I, if I'm if i sitting here, here's this pain in my knee right now, on my hip right now, and I so pay attention to it, and I can have a sense there's unpleasant pain, and then I begin to feel, as relates to Jane's question, I begin to get a sense also... I'm just thinking, do we want to go here now? Um...
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Who,
0: who's, confu- who's getting confused? Is it too much? Yeah. You are confused? Oh. oh. Um, <laughs> this this working more with Vedana directly is something we're going to get to next week. Okay, But I'll, I'll put it uh, out now a little bit. Um... Just trying to think. Like, give me a second to formulate this without confusing um If I stay at the contact with this, with this sensation, I'm just aware is unpleasant sensation. I might feel a tug or a push away, okay? Mm. But I just notice that there's a push away, and I'm st- I I'm br- keep bringing the mind back to the bare sensation of it and the bare unpleasantness of it. And I'm not really investigating that tug any more than noticing it's there and trying not to give into it. Just coming back more to the bareness of things. Yeah. Later next week, um, we will start um, uh, working directly with the tug itself, with the craving and the aversion. That ends up being very powerful. But for now, it's more working with. Just noticing that there's a tug there. There will be a tug any time there's unpleasantness, and coming more back to just 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 a sensation, not not giving into the tug not not energising that rejection, that pushing away.
1: Don't, yeah. Yeah. No, I really noticed that actually because I used to have very severe, severe chronic back pain for a long time, so uh, that reactivity to pain sometimes is quite strong. And yeah. I noticed when I was tuning into feeling of pain in like, my hip area yeah. and almost automatically it would be like pain flashing flashing pain yeah. and instead of listening to that label I just went into the sensation very good yeah very good and it was just like an aching like an yeah. achiness yeah. and I didn't put the label pain on it and it kind of just was there and then it kind of dissolved excellent so it was fascinating to watch that.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. So, in in that sense, one's getting underneath the reactivity, mm. and then also trying to get underneath the label, this word pain. Mm. So, uh, um, <laughs> <That's a medical. laughs> so you have to be careful when you start me talking about emptiness, because <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there's a way too that labelling builds experience. Okay, mm. not just um, uh, not just. Where well, all kinds of things build, build things. And so, so sometimes that this word pain is not a neutral word. It's a very charged word. It's like throwing a grenade in there. See what that does, you know. I put this word in and it does something to the whole experience. It also does something to the self. Because when I build up this issue of my pain... I also end up building myself. I'm the one who ha- has this pain. I'm the one with the history of the pain. Mm-hmm. I'm the one with the projected future of the pain. I bet no one else has pain. Or, the, you know, the comparing mind. The whole, do you see what I mean? The whole the whole show gets constructed mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Every, everything gets constructed. Um, now, when you do that, uh, Nina, when you do that, I think for now, want, wanting to be, uh, it, what happened was you said it just it just became an aching in others. It's just unpleasant vedna, mm. and one might be aware of the tug away from it, but it's actually just unpleasant vedna. It may just stay like that, but then there's a lot less suffering there. Yeah, there's I a lot, that. very good, yeah, a lot less suffering. There's also a lot less self being built around it, mm. right? It's just some pain, it's just mm-hmm. some pain. That's what I mean. It's just this. It's just this contact. It's just this thing. Mm. Well, then you said, then it just dissolved. Now, that actually turns out to be extremely interesting in terms of emptiness. But I'm not going to say anything about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, th- this is where, do you remember, right, I think it was the f- first talk or something, I took, there was emptiness of the personal self and emptiness of phenomena. I just made that distinction. this retreat, we're dealing mostly with emptiness of personal self. But I was curious, breaking it up that way, how much the emptiness of phenomena will come out in terms of your guys' experience, and you will start just saying, "Well, this happened or this happened or, or whatever." And um, so I'm ha- I'm happy to include that, um, as I said, in the Q and As and stuff. Um, but maybe it's enough for now, d- or or it's enough. Yeah, Penny's yeah. Um, is that okay? So that piece we can revisit if it feels like it's, it's relevant. Okay. Um, let's just have a bit of quiet together. To
1: <clears throat> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit Seed